What I love about our homes is that they are places full of opportunity for relationship, for love, for teaching and growing, and so much more. I believe our homes can also be vessels for our spiritual formation. But do we use them that way? I'm Alexa Mason. Welcome to the Grace and Cherish podcast. Welcome to the Grace and Cherish podcast, where we explore the role of hospitality in our homes and our lives. This is a podcast about hospitality, and it's about formation. We are all being formed into someone. The question is, who? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Grace and Cherish podcast. I am glad you're here, and I am so excited for what we're going to talk about today. There um, was this tip I read somewhere that said if you smile while you're talking, like doing radio or a podcast or voiceover or something like that, if you smile, it helps you sound better. And I was laughing because with this, I'm like, I'm just going to smile the whole time because I'm so excited to talk about spiritual formation and interior design and ideas that I have been mulling over and thinking about for months. And today, I finally get to share them. So grab your chai and settle in. In today's episode and the next episode too, we're going to focus on spiritual formation. And I believe this area is so important in our lives. I've talked about heart postures and how hospitality is an invitation. And I want to focus on the invitation to receive hospitality from God. And to do so, I'm going to focus on how we use our homes. There are many ways that I think our homes can participate in the spiritual formation process. And you might ask yourself, Alexa, what does spiritual formation have to do with hospitality? And I'd say, well, everything. In order to be hospitable, to serve and welcome other people motivated by love requires we know true love and true welcome from, as the word says, the one who loved us first. There is not enough grit or hustle in the world to help us strive our way toward being hospitable people. That strength comes from the Holy Spirit alone. So today, I'm going to specifically share about a step in the interior design process and how, to me, it points to the foundation of our relationship to Christ. No matter who you are, where you live, and any other part of your life circumstance, this is, was, and always will be relevant to your life. That's a big promise, but it's true. Now, I'll give you a little background into how I became involved in interior design. I was introduced to interior design during a very depressing season in my life. I won't go through all the details now, but I will say that it was God's word and interior design that helped me through a very painful season. The more I've reflected on and learned about actually what was going on during that season, I've heard different people within like the spiritual formation world in particular, they would describe it as a dark night of the soul. It was intense and it was hard, but it also birthed a deepening, like it deepened my relationship with the Lord and the intimacy that we have. And it helped change me in a lot of ways too. So while I don't necessarily want to go through it again, I'm also very thankful for it. But in all of that, 
I, in the beginning, knew very little about interior design, but because it was something that was so joyful to me, I became a woman obsessed reading books and blogs, watching YouTube videos, listening podcasts. I tried to learn everything I could because at that same time, we had an opportunity to build a new house in a new neighborhood in Cincinnati. And there were like six or seven builders and you could choose a builder and then choose one of their model homes and participate in the selections process for, you know, flooring and cabinetry colors and a few other fixtures and things like that. So it was that opportunity that led me to start looking into this. And the more I learned about interior design, the more passionate I became about viewing it through the lens of hospitality and connected it to discipleship and spiritual formation. Though I wouldn't have had the language for it at first. I wasn't as familiar. I had started reading about spiritual formation, but I didn't necessarily know anything. I mean, even now I'm still very much a beginner and learning. But as I studied various aspects of design, I just couldn't help connecting them to my relationship with Jesus and learning what it means to live as he did. Now, I believe that beauty points to hope. And while the term beauty and what qualifies as beautiful will differ between all of us, I personally love home interiors. And when I see a beautiful home, it just speaks deeply to my soul. And it reminds me of hope, the person, Jesus. And so I share that because I want all of us to think about, to be beauty seekers. And as we seek beauty, as we create beauty, maybe remember hope, may remember hope for ourselves and also expressing that into this world that desperately needs to be reminded of hope. Again, hope the person. Jesus. So I want you to, before we even jump in to the rest of it, I want you to think for a second. What is beautiful to you and why? Is it a poem, a, you know, a beautifully well-written book, a song, a sunset, a painting, a movie? I don't know. What is it? Uh, food, the way that someone has crafted something. Think about that. And remember hope. Now, let's dive in to today's episode, which is about focal points and abiding. First, what is a focal point in interior design? It's typically the first thing you see when you enter a room. You can use focal points to draw your eye around a room. It helps give a person also a sense of space of place. A focal point can help ground you in a room and it helps you to kind of understand how a room is organized and your place in it. It isn't something that I think we consciously will acknowledge unless you're looking for it, which is something I'll do. I'll be like, oh, as I'm trying to learn about interior design. But all of us can experience, have, know what it's like to be in a place where there's a focal point, even if we're not aware of it. When designing a room, defining a focal point is an important step. It's very important because it helps set up how the rest of the room will follow. Common examples of focal points are like the fireplace and mantle in a living room. So think about if you've ever bought or rented a new place, you often are thinking through focal points, even though you're not aware of it. You, you know, especially in the United States, for example, many of us, one of the first questions we pose in a room like a family room is where will the TV go? And from there, we would arrange the sofas and the chairs. And then we get a coffee table and we put it in front of the sofa, sofa, sofa that's in the best position to view the TV, right? The TV may be over the fireplace. It may be on a wall by itself or above some type of media cons console or TV cabinet. 
Does that sound familiar to any of you? Have you ever been in that situation? Now, I'm guessing for most of you, it does. (laughs) And what you see is that when designing around a focal point in a room, it's common to arrange in such a way as to emphasize that focal point. This includes the seating and furniture, the lighting, etc. So this whole process is what made me wonder, how do I arrange how I use my time or my money? What about my relationships or my thought life? If my life were a room, how do I arrange it? What or who is the focal point? Now, I say Jesus is the focal point of my life, but is that how I actually live my life? And it can be easy to go through the list. Am I tithing? Do I help others? How do I care for my family? Am I anchored in community? And the checklist continues. Now, don't get me wrong. These are good and necessary questions. We should be asking them. Hear me again. I absolutely believe we should tithe, help others. I mean, Grace and Church is centered around hospitality, (laughs) caring for your family, participating in community. These are wonderful things that I pray we are all seeking to be a part of. But one question, and I might argue the question that should be asked first is, am I abiding in Jesus? It is easy to say, hey, I'm doing all these things. Just look at my life. I'm so busy doing good things. But am I abiding? God, I volunteered at the shelter. I tithed last month. We teach our kids about you. I attend Bible study. I have friends who hold me accountable. But am I abiding? Now, this is tricky because far too often we see people willing to read the word and spend time in prayer, but not be moved to action on behalf of their neighbor. They sit by while there are very real people in their communities that they could come alongside to love and serve within community, but they don't. This is not good. I'm not advocating that we don't go out. Not at all. And I think if you've listened to any of the other episodes, you know that. In fact, last week's episode was about going out. What I am saying is that in all things, all things, we need to first abide in Christ and from that place show hospitality and our service toward others. I don't think it's good to simply abide all the time and not go out and care for your community. But at the same time, you are a we can get technical here. You are abiding if you are always present to you and aware of Jesus being with you. So yes, but what I mean is abiding if you, you look at it as reading the word and praying, but not going out. Anyway, there we go. We'll keep going. I also don't think that we should care for a community in the name of Jesus without actually spending time with the Jesus we proclaim. That's the that main point to me, if we're doing all these things, which I think, again, maybe it's specific to the United States, but I do feel like we have an, are able to act and do things without actually spending time with Jesus. I mean, we can even read the word and not spend time with Jesus. I think I recently read, um, it was on Instagram, a post from Rich Velotis who said that he's a pastor in Queens, and he talked about that. He talked about how we could you can read the word, but not necessarily be changed by it. So again, abiding is to me not just a checklist of things that we do, but it is an intentional action to say to be with Jesus. 
And as I considered how to organize these podcast episodes, I wanted this one to be among the first because there, to me, is a great urgency to continually get this message out, this ancient message, or perhaps I should say this invitation, this invitation to abide. Let me read this invitation to you now. In the version of the Bible that I'm about to read, the word remain is used for abide. So when I say remain, think also of abide because abide, remain is a way to define it. So here we are, John 15. It says, Jesus is saying, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in them produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. We need Christ. We cannot do life without Christ. I heard this message quite a bit growing up, though I honestly didn't always heed its wisdom. And if I'm honest, I didn't really understand that this abiding wasn't just another to-do item I needed to check off in order to achieve the life I wanted. But abiding isn't the means to an end. It is the end and the beginning. Everything in the middle is the glorious gift of participating with the Holy Spirit as he moves throughout the world. What I'm saying is abiding in Christ, accepting this invitation is the greatest gift. And from this place of being with Jesus, I'm compelled to go and love and give food to my hungry neighbor, to speak out against injustice, to show patience with my child, to care about my coworkers. My conviction against injustice and action to confront it is far more powerful when it flows from my abiding in Jesus. I can unwaveringly stand for truth when I am rooted in Jesus. Through abiding, you, I, we can face the the pleasant and joyful along with the sorrowful and disruptive parts of life that are inevitable. To be awake to life, we must abide within the source of life. When we abide in Christ, we make the central point of our lives about being in relationship with him arranging everything else to support that. And when we abide in Christ, that also gives us the focal point necessary to, in continuing the metaphor, design the rest of the room. Everything else can take shape from the focal point, or put another way, from your abiding in Christ, everything else in your life can take its place. So I want to leave you with a question. Is abiding in Christ the central aim of your life. How does the arrangement of your life make this clear? Take time to really consider the question. Spend time in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. 
Now, I also have something for you to help drive this home. I call it the bringing it home exercise. What I want you to do is to find a place in your home, specifically an area that you frequent daily, but it doesn't have to be, but I'd recommend it. And I want you to identify the focal point in that space and let that focal point serve as a reminder of the invitation addressed specifically to you. It's the invitation to abide. Now, to recap, we discussed what the focal points are in interior design and why they're important. We connected the role of focal points in design to abiding in Jesus in our life. And I ended with a little exercise for further reflection to really bring this idea to life. You can find that exercise in the show notes on the website. I also will include a link to a blog post about focal points where it talks about what focal points are. And if you're in the process right now of create, you know, designing a room in your own home or with a friend, then please go there. And I have some commonly asked questions and it talks about, you know, how to find a focal point in your space, uh, what to do if there's multiple focal points, what to do if there isn't a focal point. So you can go to the website at www.graceandcherish.com and you can find the show notes there. And that'll link also to a, a blog post about that. So I would love to see what you create or what, you know, focal point you decide to focus on in your home. So if you do it, find me on Instagram at Grace and Cherish or send me an email at hello at graceandcherish.com. And please show me. I would love to see that and just join with you in having those places in our home that remind us to center ourselves on Christ and to abide in him. Thank you for listening into this episode of the Grace and Church podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm still learning, y'all. And honestly, I always will be what it means to abide. But in the next episode, I'm going to share one of the ways that has significantly helped me grow in this area. So make sure to listen in. It's also connected to interior design and another design element that helps kind of bring me home in, in this area. So I'm excited for that. And I really, I just am glad to be able to share some of these things with you. If you have questions, if there are things that I've said that you're interested in and want to learn more about, I love to connect with y'all. So if you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast and share with a friend. Thank you. And as you continue on in your week, I pray that you know his grace and cherish every moment with him. See you next time.